him with many crowns, the Lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake, my soul, and sing of him who died for Hail him as thy matchless king through all eternity. Crown him the Lord of life who triumphed o'er the grave and arose victorious in the strife for those he came to save. His glories now we sing, who died and rose on high, who died eternal life to bring, and lives that death may die.
coming for the heart that holds on. There will be an end to these troubles, but until that day comes, still I will praise you. Still I will praise you. God, we praise you for who you are. You indeed are a God who will never let go of us. You are the God of the mountains. You are the God of the valleys. You are the God in the midst of this storm. God, in the midst of the storm that is around us this morning, Lord, we know that you are God. And we do pray, uh, Lord, that uh, you would keep us safe. Lord, we pray that in the midst of, of the storm and the coming storms today, Lord, that you would just, we know you'll watch over us. We'll just trust in you. Lord, that we would rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, Lord, that we would not worry, but put our faith and our trust in you, and that you will give us a peace. Lord, a peace that passes all understanding is available to us today through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit that indwells us, if we would just trust and believe. Lord, I pray for those who are watching from their living room, uh, Lord, from, from maybe their dining room, maybe, Father, somebody's driving down the road and they're just listening this morning, wherever they may be. Spirit, you are here. You are with them. Father, we pray that everything that is said, everything that is done today would be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, if you do not move, then no lives will be transformed. No one will receive that peace, Spirit of God, unless you work. So we pray that you'll do that. You are welcome here. Welcome in our living rooms. Welcome in our dining room. Welcome here, Father, in the sanctuary. Speak, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Northside Baptist Church. I believe this is week five that we have done this. Uh, don't get too comfortable right there where you are because eventually this is going to end and we're going to be able to gather again, hopefully sooner than later. Uh, but hopefully you're, you're getting the hang of this. Um, I pray that this has been beneficial to you. I know some of you are watching live. Some of you have shared with me that you'll watch tonight. Uh, but hopefully it's become just a wonderful time of worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ with your family. Uh, just a couple of announcements uh, this morning. Number one, let me just thank you all for how you have continued to give. Uh, I mean, I praise the Lord for that. So many churches in a time like this, they're struggling week to week, and the Lord has blessed us here at Northside. Our giving uh, in the month of March was fantastic. Uh, our giving for the first two weeks in April have been really, really good. And so we want to encourage you to continue 
to give, that this would just continue to be an act of worship for you as you give. Uh, again, you can go to the website, nbcnoonan.org, under COVID-19 help. It'll walk you through uh, how you can give. Continue to do that so we can continue to do ministry uh, and continue to serve those around us. Um, we're going to resume our Q&A. Uh, this morning after the sermon with Pastor BJ and myself. And so, again, you can text questions. Uh, that number will appear on the screen. You can also text in prayer requests. Um, you, don't, you don't have to give us your name, but if there's a specific way that Pastor BJ and I can be praying for you this week, uh, we, we will do that. If you want us to call you and pray with you over the phone, uh, we'll be happy to do that as well. But just please let us know. Uh, if you're watching, tuning in for the first time, you can send us that as well through that text message. And certainly if the Spirit of God leads you to make a decision this morning to, to cry out and turn to Jesus for salvation, let us know that as well. Praying the scripture this morning comes from Psalm chapter 9. Verse 10 will appear on the screen there, Psalm 9 verse 10. But I want to read verse 9. It says, The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And the verse 10 says, And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Would you put your trust in the Lord this morning? And would you take hold of that promise that for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you? Draw near to the Lord this morning and let us worship him. Pray through that scripture right now. Oh, 
sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born precious blood of Jesus Christ will come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Jesus, 
who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. We praise thee, O God, for thy spirit of light who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. All glory and praise to the Lamb that was slain, who hath borne all our sins and hath cleansed every stain. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Revive us again. Fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Us again. That is our prayer. If you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 4, if you'll turn there, please. Philippians chapter 4. We will return to 1 John, I promise. We may wait until we can actually gather together again in this place, but uh, I haven't forgotten about that. Uh, but I want to I spend a couple weeks here in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. This morning we're going to look at verses 4 through 7. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. The word of the Lord says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. <clears throat> Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I... Pray, I ask, I call upon your name, O God, that as these words are spoken, as your word is declared, that it would first and foremost result in glory to your name, that we would magnify your name, O God. I also pray that this message would result in lost people being saved. That those who were tuning in this morning, who were looking for joy, searching for peace, God, who are searching for meaning, would come to see Jesus, that, that all of those things find their perfection in you. Lord, that we can be saved, that we can know joy and hope and life and peace this morning through Jesus Christ. 
Father, my prayer is also that this would result in joy to your people. Father, as we have been distracted by things, as we maybe are frustrated, discouraged, Lord, I pray even in the midst, God, of though we don't want these circumstances to surround us right now, that we could still find joy, that we could rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That we would understand that, Jesus, you have transformed us, and therefore now we are to live different. We are to live in light of Easter Sunday, in light of the resurrection of Christ. So speak, we pray now, in Jesus' name. Amen. I came across a quote this week that maybe you have heard. Uh, It was one, I think, that was new to me, and it it kind of spoke to me and, and convicted me and encouraged me all at the same time. It simply says this, that we are Easter people... We are Easter people living in a Good Friday world. That we are Easter people living in a Good Friday world. Right? The question for us is simply this. How does the resurrection of Jesus Christ, knowing that the tomb is empty, that Jesus is alive, how does the good news of the gospel, knowing that through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we sinners, rebellious, wicked human beings can be forgiven, saved, transformed, that we're new, that we're delivered from sin and Satan and hell, that we can live for all eternity with Jesus, that we not only have eternal life, but the good news of the gospel says we have abundant life. How does the good news of the gospel change how we live in a fallen world filled with pain and suffering? Right? Those that were there on Good Friday were the very ones who crucified the king of the universe. They killed him. We live still today in a world filled with pain and suffering. And so this morning, in the next two weeks, we turn to Philippians chapter 4. And I want us to see how Paul applies the gospel to, the, to our life and how we live. In our text this morning, I want you to notice we see three exhortations and one promise. And these verses are so helpful, and if we would simply put them into practice, we would see great changes in our life. So first we'll look at the three exhortations. Let me point out to you that these uh, occur in the imperative form in the Greek, which means they are commands. God is commanding us that we are to do and be uh, a certain way, and he gives us three of them. Now understand that if, if God commands it, then he will provide us the way to do it. So if God says you are to live this way, then please hear me. He will, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of his resurrection life, he will give you the ability to do these things. These things are possible for us, those of us who are in Christ this morning. So here's the first exhortation. Number one, rejoice always. Verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say Rejoice. Notice three things here under rejoice always. Notice, number one, that this is a command. When Paul says rejoice in the Lord always, again, I will say rejoice. He is giving us a command. We are commanded as people of God to rejoice. So to not rejoice, to not live with joy in our hearts is a sin. As the people of God who live in resurrection power, if we choose not to rejoice in the Lord, we are living in disobedience to God. We are to rejoice. This is a command. Notice, secondly, that this is an independent joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. 
This joy is not dependent on circumstances. Look again at verse 4. Notice what it doesn't say. It does not say rejoice in your circumstances. Where is Paul writing this letter from? From prison. And from prison, he says rejoice in the Lord always. Hear me. We may not be happy about our circumstances, but we are to still rejoice. I don't know if anyone is happy about where we are on this date in April of 2020. I'm not happy that there are people who are dying from the coronavirus. I'm not happy that people have lost their job as a result of the coronavirus. I am not happy that I'm having to shelter in place. I'm not happy that, that we can't gather together. No one is happy about those things. You don't have to be happy about your circumstances. But nevertheless, in spite of your circumstances, you are still to rejoice always. Number three, this is why. This is an incessant joy. How can our joy possibly be endless? How can our joy possibly be never ceasing? There are three words that are very critical for us when we understand verse 4. And it's simply these three words. In the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. There may not be reason for us to rejoice over our circumstances. But there is always a reason for us to rejoice in the Lord. The message translation says, celebrate God all day, every day. I like that. Celebrate God all day, every day. J.B. Phillips' translation says, delight yourselves in God. Yes, find your joy in Him at all times. Hear me, brother and sister in Christ, child of God, whatever your circumstances may be right now, you can still rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in who He is. Rejoice in the fact that He is all-powerful. That he is all-knowing. That he is all-present. Rejoice in the reality that he is loving and kind and gracious. Rejoice this morning that he is holy and just and righteous. Rejoice that he is near. Rejoice in who he is. Rejoice in what he has done. He has forgiven you of your sins. He has conquered death. He has conquered the grave. He has conquered sin. Rejoice in that. And rejoice in what He has promised. He has promised that He will never leave you, never forsake you. He has promised that in Christ you can do all things. He has promised, He says here in Philippians 4, that He will supply every need of yours. These are promises. He promised His disciples that He would send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And He actually said it would be better for them. Because the Spirit of God now indwells us Right? This is a promise that He'll always be with us. Rejoice in that. Church, in the midst of sorrow and pain, we are to be a people who rejoice in the Lord. The resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us the ability to rejoice. Jesus Christ transforms us from hopeless sorrow to hopeful rejoicing in the Lord. So the first exhortation we see is rejoice in the Lord always. Even in the midst of COVID-19, rejoice in the Lord always. 
The second exhortation we see is to be reasonable. To be reasonable. We continue here in verse 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. This is an interesting verse. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That, that word in the ESV that is translated reasonableness, that Greek word John MacArthur says about this. He says, it means more than any one English word can capture. So sometimes when we go from Greek to English, it's easier than at other times. This word right here is one of those hard words to translate. Let me give you evidence of this. Four different translations, common translations, all translate this word differently. The ESV says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The CSB uses the word graciousness. The NIV uses the word gentleness. And the King James Version uses the word moderation. I think that makes my point. This word is a hard word to translate from the Greek into the English. Other commentaries, uh, has, it says it has the idea of selflessness, of being selfless. So I think if we put them all together, we have a better idea of what, what Paul's saying here. Let your reasonableness, your graciousness, your gentleness be known. Now the word reasonableness does not appear in the imperative form. But the words that follow that, be known, that's the imperative. Your reasonableness is to be known, look what he says, to everyone. Paul is saying we should be known as gentle, gracious, reasonable. J.B. Phillips writes, we have a reputation for gentleness. Church, we are Easter Sunday people. Those who have been changed through the power and the work of Jesus Christ. And so if we are going to be that kind of people, people who respond with gentleness and graciousness, then this means we can't respond with unkindness. We can't respond with bitterness. We cannot respond with retaliation. I remember it was about a year ago, I was driving uh, in Florida, and I am a reasonable driver. I'm a cautious driver. I I like to follow the laws, right? And so I was coming up to a stoplight, and it was turning yellow and then red, and so I had the choice, do I slow down and stop, or do I just go right through? Sometimes I go right through, I'll be honest, but this time I chose to stop. I didn't want to take the risk, and so I thought I was doing the right thing by stopping. Well, apparently the driver behind me did not think so, because he wanted me to run it because he wanted to run the red light. So he immediately whips around right next to me, looks at me, and screams with his middle finger in the air, you are a blanking idiot. By the grace of God, I responded in a reasonable manner. I don't always respond reasonably, but that wouldn't go with the illustration. But I responded in a reasonable manner. I just looked at him and kind of shrugged my shoulders, and I wanted to be like, take out the blanking part. Yes, I'm an idiot. I will acknowledge that. I'm a, I'm a big idiot, right? We're often put in situations where it is very easy to lose our cool, to be unreasonable, to be anything but gracious, to lose our head. I've been there. You've been there. Maybe you were there this morning trying to get your kids ready to watch Sunday school or to gather for worship. But the Spirit of God enables us to be kind, forgiving, gracious. 
Oh, church, Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Christ, changes us, transforms us from callousness, being insensitive, to having a cruel disregard for others. And it transforms us to gentleness, graciousness, selflessness. We can be reasonable, gracious people. Notice number three. In addition to being reasonable and rejoicing always, we are also exhorted to not worry. Not worry. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Do not be anxious about anything. Understand, Paul isn't saying don't be concerned about anything. I think concern and worry are different things. We are to be concerned. You should be concerned about your family, concerned about your church family, concerned about lost people, concerned about the hungry and the sick. We're to be concerned about orphans and widows. But we are not to worry about these things. Lao Anida in their Greek lexicon says this about that word anxious in the ESV. It says to have an anxious concern based on apprehension about possible. I think that's a key word here. About possible danger or misfortune. Let me ask you a question. How much energy and time do you and I spend on worrying about what may happen? About the possible outcomes of a situation or a decision. We worry about things that may never come to fruition. We stress about things that are likely to never happen, right? We fear the worst and we try to go through the worst possible scenarios and we, we lose sleep over it and we get sick over it of what possibly may happen. Oh, church, instead of worrying, fretting, stressing about what may happen, how would our lives be different if we invested that time and energy to pray? To not worry but pray. That's what Paul says. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. Instead of worrying, let's pray. In everything we are to pray. Making supplication with thanksgiving. Spend your time and your energy in prayer. It will be far more productive than worrying about what you can't control. Paul is calling on you, me those here in Philippi, to trust God, to put our confidence in God at all times, in all situations. Only Jesus Christ can take our fretting, fearful hearts and transform them into hearts of faith. But how? How can we, in a Good Friday world of so much pain and suffering, rejoice in the Lord always? How can we be gracious when people around us aren't gracious to us? How can we not worry about things when there is so much beyond our control? Well, there's an important phrase I skipped over, and I hope you noticed it. It's verse 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. ESV translation. The CSB says the Lord is near. When we talk about something being near, we speak of that in terms of time, in terms of time, or in terms of space in terms of time or in terms of space so if i were to say monday is drawing near i'm talking about time 
Right? The end of, of you having to worship at home hopefully is, is drawing near. We're talking about time. But if I were to say the pulpit is near me, I'm not talking about time, I'm talking about space. The Lord is near can refer to either time or space. The Lord is at hand, the Lord is near could refer to Jesus is coming soon. It could mean that the day when Jesus Christ comes for his bride is near. Closer today than we were yesterday. We'll be closer tomorrow than we were today. The Lord is at hand. His return is near. Or it could simply refer to space. The Lord is near to us. The Lord is with us. The Lord is living inside of us. Hear me, church. The reason you can have joy the reason you can respond with graciousness, the reason that we don't have to worry but can pray and trust is because of Jesus Christ. He is coming for you. He's coming for me. He's coming for His bride. And He is near us. He's living in us always, everywhere we go. And this gives us a deep, abiding peace, which is the promise. The promise is the peace of God surrounds you. Verse 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. The peace of God is with us. But before the peace of God could be with us, we needed a peace with God. A peace with God that only Jesus Christ could provide. If you'll flip over one or two pages there in your Bible to Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20 says to us, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This morning you have peace with God through the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross for you. Your sins can be forgiven. Jesus Christ took your sins and my sins and he took them upon himself. He died in our place. The propitiation for our sins. The Lamb of God who was slain. Only Jesus can give you peace with God. Only Jesus can reconcile you with your Creator. Your Father who loves you and created you and wants you to know Him. Only through Jesus can we have that peace. And once we have that peace with God, we've been reconciled with God. Paul says we now have the peace of God in us. Look what he says. This peace of God surpasses all understanding. The Greek word translated surpasses means to surpass in value, to be better. It is better and greater than our understanding, than our explanation. Have you ever had that moment in your life when you were overwhelmed? Maybe it was the funeral of a parent or the funeral of a child or it was in that hospital room or you were waiting for bad news. And you had every reason at that moment to not be peaceful. And yet there was a peace in your heart that you could not explain. It is a peace that surpasses our understanding. It's a peace that God gives us. And it says it will guard your hearts and your minds. This peace surrounds us. This peace floods our understanding and our desires. Look at this. And it is in Christ Jesus. This is good news, brothers and sisters. This is what the world needs. This is what you and I have. 
It's that when you find yourself in a situation where everything screams despair, hopeless, give up, you know that in the midst of that, you have a God who is with you, a God who is for you, and a God who invites you always to come to Him. You have Jesus, and therefore you have hope. The other day I shared a song uh, on Facebook, our Facebook page, uh, called Christ is Mine Forevermore. And I love just these, these couple lines. It says, Come rejoice now, O my soul, for His love is my reward. Fear is gone and hope is sure. Christ is mine forevermore. Christ is mine forevermore. This morning you have Christ. This morning you have received forgiveness for our sins. We have inherited eternal life. We live in resurrection power. We are Easter people then why, if that is true, do so many of us, by us I mean believers, those who say they believe in Jesus, have called upon His name, why then do so many of us lack a joy? Why are so many of us unreasonable, ungracious? Why do so many of us still stress and worry? Why do we lack peace? Well, we're going to dive into that next Sunday morning. The reasons why as we continue through Philippians 4. But as we close this morning, let me just remind you that all of those things I just mentioned are yours. They're available to you in Christ. You're an Easter people living in a good Friday world. You're surrounded by death, surrounded by destruction, surrounded by disease and decay. You are surrounded by unhappy people. Can I get an amen? Some of you are surrounded by unhappy people. We live among hard-hearted and callous people. We are all prone to feel anxious and apart from Jesus Christ. We know no peace. But, but Jesus is alive and His resurrection power is now yours. And in the Lord we have been raised to walk in newness of life. His, His transforming power fills us with joy, graciousness, and gentleness. And He gives us peace. Let me close this morning by just giving you a, a, an illustration from my own life. This happened probably a couple years ago. Uh, at my previous church, about once a month, uh, not all the time, not, not year-round, but, but whenever he was in town, I would have a gentleman stop by the office. He'd usually come on Wednesday mornings, um, and he would pray with me. He, he was a Gideon. And the Gideons would meet there in Leesburg, Florida, and, and they were praying for different pastors and churches. And so he'd pop in at least probably five, six times a year just to sit on, sit on the couch in my office and, and just pray with me. And I remember like it was yesterday, one morning, we were, we were just talking one Wednesday morning, and man, he looked at me and he said something that just, it was, it was so simple and it was just so powerful. He said, you know, Pastor, every morning when I wake up, I know as I take that first breath, as I put my feet to the floor, he said, every morning I know one of, one of three things will happen to me. Every morning, one of three things will happen to me that day. He said, either number one, Jesus will return. He said, when I wake up that day, Jesus could come. He said, number two, I will die. At some point throughout that day, I'll take my final breath and I will die. Or number three, I will live. I'll make it throughout the day. I'll come back to this same bed, uh, and I'll fall asleep. He said, every day I know one of those three things will happen to me. 
And then he said, no matter what happens, it's a win, win, win. Hear me. What's going to happen to you today? Either Jesus Christ will part the skies and he'll come for us. If that happens, come Lord Jesus, we win. Or you will die. And yes, we'll grieve that and, and we'll comfort your family and we'll encourage them. But if you die, that's a win for you. You get to go be with Jesus or third, you'll live. You'll make your way through the day. You'll, you'll kind of just piddle along, putter along, and you'll get to the end of the day. But if you get to the end of the day, you'll have known that no matter what happened, Jesus Christ was with you every second of that day. It is a win, win, win. So Christians, as sons and daughters of God, you have nothing to worry about. Because you win today. Because Christ has already won. We can trust Him. We can put our faith in Him. But hear me as I close. If you do not know Jesus Christ, if you are not a believer in Jesus, you have never come to that moment when you confessed your sinfulness and you took hold of Jesus, confessing Him to be Lord and Savior of your life, then you do have something to worry about. Because the only one who can do anything about your present situation, the only one who can do anything about your eternity after you die, His name is Jesus. And you have turned your back on him. You haven't trusted him. And friend, that is not a good place to be. And if you are there, then you should tremble. You should be afraid. Because you will meet that living God one day. And you will not hear, well, hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You will hear from him, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. If you don't know Jesus, believe in Him today. Turn to Him. Trust in Him. Don't turn your back on Him any longer. And brothers and sisters, if you know Jesus, then take heart. Rejoice. Let the Spirit of God transform you into that gracious, selfless man or woman. Don't worry, but pray and know the peace of God is with you. We are Easter people, and this is what is ours in Christ. So rejoice and celebrate. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Before Pastor BJ and I transition into our time of questions and answers, I just want to give you a moment right where you are just to, to cry out to the Lord. Oh, come to the altar as we sing. Right there where you are, make it an altar. Give your worries, give your burdens, give your concerns Give that thing that has been causing you sleepless nights. Give it to the Lord. Give it to Him. I was talking to somebody earlier this week, and they said, you know, so often we, we give something to the Lord only to take it right back. Give it to Him. and Don't take it back tomorrow or next week. Just trust Him. Lay your concerns. Lay your worries. Lay your burdens at His feet. And rejoice in Him. Rejoice in what He has done and who He is. Rejoice. And if you do not know Jesus, would you give your life to him right now on your knees? Cry out, Lord Jesus, save me. I believe. I turn to you. I trust in you. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. 
today, I believe. Oh, and when you take hold of Jesus, you'll receive the Spirit of God. You'll begin to walk in joy and peace and the hope that we know. But if you've done that, we want you to know you're not alone. We want to be there to help you, to encourage you as you walk with Christ. And so if you'll just message uh, that number that will, that will be on the screen here in just a couple moments and let us know, hey, I've given my life to Jesus. I've decided to follow him. No turning back. If you've given your life to Christ, will you let us know? Because I want to encourage you and pray for you. Father God, as we transition into a time of just discussing your word, of, of thinking through this, applying, of applying these truths, of applying the gospel to our life, Lord, I know there may be many questions. Uh, maybe somebody is wrestling with a lack of joy or uh, an overabundance of anxiety and worry or uh, a lack of peace. So Lord, as we seek to help and encourage Lord, we, we, we know this time has been very beneficial to people. Their feedback has been uh, wonderful. And Lord, we want it to continue to be so. So Lord, we just come to you humbly, calling upon your name. Lord, just use this time to speak to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for that, Pastor Aaron. Uh, man, what some, some great... Words there for us from the Apostle Paul. Um, as I was looking at this, I, I read something this week that, that said, you know, was this, is this a commandment or, or is this exhortation for the church or for individuals? And then uh, I think the answer is yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but oftentimes corporate commands must be implemented individually. Mm. was the, the statement. And so for us as a church to rejoice always, for us as a church not to be filled with anxiety, it's implemented on an individual level. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I love the quote you shared, we're Easter people in a Good Friday world. Uh, man, just, just sitting back and, and thinking through all of that is um, fantastic. So already a couple of of notes here we have people from utah who are tuning in and it's like a, an early service is what i've <laughs> what i've been told and it's fantastic and then great sermon today um and someone uh, indicates that turning my worries into prayers has sustained my sanity and allowed me to see the father in action amen so just that's a personal good. testimony of that that's good um, you know you you asked me to try to to come up with a some more applications for this. Um, and so one of the things, well, as, as I was writing down, your three points were we rejoice always. I thought of several different things. I thought of how the Pharisees and the lawgivers went to Jesus and asked them, why don't your disciples fast? And his answer is mm. essentially, it's because I'm with them. That's right. And, and that goes right into mm. the, 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 the sermon as a whole yeah. is we rejoice because... God is near because mm -hmm. Christ is near and what he's done for us. Um, and then one of the great catechisms of the world, uh, one of the earliest ones, just said, what is the chief end of man? It's to glorify God and, and enjoy, enjoy him, him forever. Yeah. So this rejoicing, I, I thought, just, just a couple of questions. Uh, and I don't know if, if you want to answer this or, or we just kind of let it be rhetorical, but uh, do we say is, is anxiety... Is worrying, is, is that a sin? 
Is that a sin for a Christian to worry or to have anxiety? About? Because mm. it seems to go against uh, a commandment here. And so just something to, to think about. Is it, is it a sin for me to worry about these things? Not to be concerned, as yeah. you said, but to worry. But then on the heels of that is maybe, maybe boredom is a sin too. Because it's not just about being, being joyful. I mean, if we are to rejoice, to me it's hard to be joyful and bored at the same time. When I'm joyful, I'm, I'm excited about things yeah, and things good. are happening. Yeah. Um, and so here's, here's the application that I, I kind of I, I listed. Um, share your testimony. Hmm. Share your testimony. I, I think that that resolves a couple of things. For one, it'll remind you of where you were and what Christ has done for you. But also, everybody that you encounter in this world, everybody, is either an unbeliever who needs to hear your story and, and know the, the gospel, or someone who is a believer and can use the encouragement yeah. that your story brings. And so my, I, I would encourage you, I know not everybody's on social media, but if you are, share your testimony. Record it. Type it up. Uh, and you can either share it in a video or share it via text, but share your story. Look, I want to hear them. Yeah. BJ, I, I, I want to hear your testimony. Uh, and, and the world wants to hear your testimony and needs to hear your testimony. Uh, we've got That's several great, yeah. text in as I've just kind of talked through that. As, as we talk about Go sharing ahead. testimony, um, it, it's really not that difficult. And it doesn't have to be really long. Uh, the three parts of a testimony are basically, what was your life like before Christ? How did you come to know, trust in Christ? What did that look like? And how has Jesus Christ changed you? You can, you can focus on one area. Before Jesus, I, I worried all the time. And now, since Christ, I'm, I have more confidence and more faith. And uh, So don't feel like you've got to tell a 10-minute story. That's a right. couple minutes are, are more effective, but that, that'd be great. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just, just keep it brief. Um, don't glorify your previous sins Correct. either. That's Sometimes a great people point. do yes. that, and that begins to take the focus off of Christ and put it on yourself. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, and if you have any questions about it, contact one of us. We'll be happy to walk yeah. you through that. But man, I just just do it. Tell people what Jesus has yeah. done for you. Um, got several prayer requests in here. Um, I got a. All capital letters, amen, exclamation points to today's sermon. Thank you. Um, let's see. There was uh, a girl in our community. Uh, she's, she was a sophomore in college hmm. who passed away due to cancer. We're aware of that. Our church is. And so uh, we are looking for ways to help that family. Yes. This is interesting. So just I didn't intend to speak about this right now, but... You know, last week, or, or during spring break, our church coordinated with some of the school systems and trying to feed some families. And, and it, by no means, we didn't feed 100 families or anything like that. We, we met a need of a, a few families, and, and that was great. Thank you so much, church, yes, for absolutely. giving. Uh, I want to encourage you to continue to give. Uh, we will take food to Bridging the Gap, or, bri or you can take it straight there. They are still feeding lots of people. Yes. And they're still in need. Yes. But here's something that, that came uh, through some of these, these, these efforts. Is last week when uh, we learned that there was this, this girl, her name was, is, is Bailey. When she was sick and, and, and um, not doing well, 
And the school system actually, because we had already had that relationship, reached out to our church to see if there was anything we could do to help that family. Yep. And uh, man, awesome. I just take that. That's, that's what the church ought yeah. to be. If, yes. if our church is not making an impact in our community, then what are we doing? And so I just I thank you for, for that opportunity, and we're looking for ways to, to serve. Um, so um, let's see. There's lots of, lots of things here. Somebody said they like the harmonica. Uh, thank that was, you. That was good. <laughs> thank you. That was good. Uh, A man of many talents. Uh, I did not well, know you had. Do you play the bagpipes by any chance? Because those are my favorite. <laughs> no. <laughs> A master of none. Um, <laughs> let's see. Love the message. It's perfect for us today and spoke to, to all of us. Love seeing Curtis and Ann. Mm. Uh, can we post the songs mm. before the service? They're going to sing for next week so we have the lyrics handy. Um, I suppose as soon as we get those in, we could yes. find, a, find a way to get that out. So uh, just uh, we'll, we'll, we will work on that. So thank yeah. you for that. When, when you, when, my understanding is when we play a video like that, it makes it almost impossible to add lyrics to it as well. And so we can, we can let you know that so you can be prepared. That's right. Uh, you know, you could take this time that we're quarantining to memorize the hymnal too. That would be yeah. <laughs> right ahead. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, said someone saw this quote from David Jeremiah. It says, it takes the same amount of energy to worry as it does to pray. And one leads to peace and the other leads to panic. And there so that, that's, 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 that's fantastic. That's a good word. Um, so yeah, rejoice always. Share your testimony. Yeah. Remember what Christ has done for you. And then so uh, that, uh, I wrote down, count your many blessings. That, that's one way to begin to rejoice, is to recount all those wonderful things that God has done for you. Uh, and when you get finished counting your blessings, uh, it'll be, you know, you'll, you'll be in glory with heaven, in, in, with Jesus anyway. Yeah. But the second thing was be reasonable or gracious, or gentle, or moderate, or I even had another one. I've got the NASB. It says forbearing. All right, there you go. And so for me, I think about Philippians chapter 2. So if you go back a little bit, you see where Paul is talking about thinking of others as more important than yourselves. It's the mind of Christ. And so the application for this was simply, for me, was, man, love others. Yeah. Love others. Don't be thinking of yourself so much. And I think that is one of the consequences of worrying. Worry and anxiety oftentimes is a result of thinking too much of myself. Now we say we worry about somebody else or we're concerned about somebody else. Yeah. But, but oftentimes worry, even if it doesn't start out that way, it begins to come back to us. And, and I think that when I have had anxiety, when I have had worry, it's because there's a situation that's out of my control. Mm. And I like to have control. I yes. like to be able to understand what's going to happen and know how I can best respond in that situation. And worry and anxiety is me saying, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, and, and it could be almost, you know, any, any situation. Um, so, all right. Anything else you had on point number two? I've got some other things on point number three. No. Um, there is a book uh, that, that I read years ago uh, called Roaring Lambs. I don't like the title because it's hard for me to say that word. Roaring Lambs. R-O-A-R-I-N-G. Roaring Lambs. 
And it talks about being gentle in our world, being gracious, all those kind of words there. Mm -hmm. So we aren't harsh toward people. We're, we're gentle, but that's the way that we make an impact in our world. It's easy to hurl insults yeah. or criticisms. It's, it's more difficult to be, to be gentle and to think that we're being effective uh, in, our, in our world. But that's what we are called to do. Uh, and then point number three. So I, I said something about worry and anxiety is oftentimes in not having control. But then you had mentioned about prayer. And, and Paul answers, the, the, the answer for worry and anxiety is, is prayer. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just wrote down, prayer cures anxiety, but it must be offered with thanksgiving. There, yes. There's a there's a there's a uh, a clause there that talks about it being with thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So count your many blessings. Yes, uh, and then so oftentimes we so here here's just a, a practical uh, application. So if somebody's worried about something or somebody's fearful of something. It could be it could be anything. It could be a situation. You know, uh, you're going to the doctor or something. But it'd be something else that maybe. Um, Maybe it's riding a roller coaster, or maybe it's, it's jumping off a, a, a high cliff into the lake, or something, or maybe you're, you're afraid of heights. Let me ask, has, has reason and logic, does that, does that work very often? Just to say, well, let, let me explain to you, you know, it, it's, it's really only 20 feet, and, and, and you weigh X number of pounds, and by the time you jump down and do the acceleration of gravity, you'll hit the water at this speed, and it'll, it'll be fun, it'll be exciting. Does that, that doesn't, to me, that doesn't cure someone's anxiety over, say, jumping out into the lake and, and yeah. that. And so, why, did I, why would I think that just explaining things to people in other situations would cure anxiety? I, I, don't, I don't think it does. And Paul hmm. actually even indicates that here as he says, there's, a, there's another Greek word here, uh, hyper, hyperkousa or or uh, hooper echoisa. I don't know how you say it in Greek. Thankfully, I don't have to know that. But it's that there is something that is far greater than understanding or comprehension, mm -hmm. and it's the peace of God. Yeah. And that's what he says here in this, in this verse. Reason doesn't cure anxiety, but prayer cures anxiety. Yeah. Uh, the presence of Christ is where we find our peace. Uh, I'm reminded of the hymn, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. And there's a part in there that talks about going through the storm. But you know if Christ is with you, mm -hmm. you have peace. So I'm going to stop for just a minute. Is there anything you want to add before I, I can read some of these texts or anything along those lines? Um, you know, so much of, of life is how are we going to respond to things? So before we moved, Lana was playing... Uh, basketball for a seventh grade team, and their warm-up shirts uh, said, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. Um, and prior to Jesus Christ, we would respond to these things much differently than we should now. We should respond to things differently, uh, both before, worrying about before, and then how do we respond after something happens um, is important, and that's where Christ transforms us, so that we can not only think about it differently, pray about it differently, but then actually respond differently when, when those things take place. 
That's right. We, because we know the Alpha and the Omega. Amen. Yeah. It's, it's one reason why when I read Revelation that I don't get, that doesn't create anxiety for me because I know Christ. Yeah. And, and I know that he's the beginning and the end and, and I am in him and he's victorious, therefore mm-hmm. I'm victorious. And so in a strange way, the way to cure anxiety is to actually, you know, I, I said that we have anxiety when we lack control over a situation. It's actually to cure anxiety is to go ahead and relinquish that control yeah. and say, my life isn't about me anyway. It's about Christ. And so I give, I place my life in your yeah. hands. Do with me yeah. what you will because we can trust those hands. Absolutely. Because he is good. You know, C.S. Lewis in, in the Chronicles of Narnia, there's, there's a question about Aslan mm. and, and the lion. He represents God and it says, is he safe? It's like, no. Not he's not safe, safe but he's good. he's good. But he's good. And so we can place our lives in his hands. Uh, let's see. Somebody uh, texted in and said they looked up the definition of gracious and reasonable and all the different varieties. Uh, Strong's definition uh, of that word that's, that's translated here from the Greek, uh, gentle, moderation, patient. And so he, yeah. even Strong, uh, has different, different ways to translate that. Um, We've got a word that Sunday night drive-in tonight and online will we'll be online because of the weather. And so if you are part of the GroupMe app, uh, part of that GroupMe, you should be getting a message about that yes. and so how they're going to take care of that this evening. Um, last thing that I wanted to share that I had notes from was the word peace in, in Hebrew is the word shalom. shalom. And so when we think of peace, oftentimes uh, I, I think of tranquility or the absence of conflict but actually the verse you read from uh was it galatians colossians colossians yeah was that we have peace through the cross so there's actually peace through violence yes and there is reconciliation through the cross and reconciliation and peace i think together help sum up the idea of shalom that one day everything will be as it uh, well, everything will be right again. Mm-hmm. And there'll be peace and things will be restored. There will be reconciliation. And so that's what we look forward to. Uh, and in the meantime, we do have the presence of Christ with mm-hmm. us. Someone else texts us in and says, I heard a saying the other day, and it goes, um, Praying has a better chance of changing tomorrow than worrying. So that's. That's great. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged that so many of our people are responding and that they, they understand prayer, prayer is where we go yes. rather than just worrying. Um, and so um, this, was, this was a little bit longer, so I was going to try to read through it before I, I responded. Um, any, anything else that, that you, you wanted to you share? When you alluded back to Colossians. That we have peace with God through His blood. That our peace with God comes through Jesus' suffering. It's got me thinking that suffering is a part of our life. We're not excluded from that. And I wonder if those who don't have a deeper understanding of God's peace are, if they're not those who have been through some seriously hard times. Because when you go through that suffering, you really begin to understand 
God gave me a peace. He, he held me up when, when I didn't think it was possible at that moment when I was falling apart. And so kind of going back to that testimony, if you've been through that, if you've gone through some hard times, some deep suffering, and have experienced the peace of Christ, be willing to share that story. I know it's hard sometimes to talk about that. But if somebody's hurting and, and you've walked through that, you, you, can, you can speak into their life and say, hey, look, God, he won't fail you. He didn't fail me. And I'm not going to pretend to understand everything that you're feeling right now, but if you need somebody to listen or talk or to pray with you, but sometimes we're not willing to share that because it hurts. Um, but we experience God's peace in those moments. So, Right. Um, maybe a couple of years ago, the, the crowd that came on Sunday night, we went through and we discussed spiritual gifts. Hmm. And we took an inventory. And just, you know, those things aren't perfect. They're just a guideline, yeah. the, those, those spiritual inventories. But... It was interesting that those who've been walking with Jesus longer, notice I didn't say our older congregation, I said those who've been walking with Jesus longer, it was more likely that the spiritual gift of faith was, was higher on their, because they've been through yeah. so much and they've seen, yeah. they've, they've, they've kind of tested the waters yeah. and they've seen Jesus be faithful. So someone had texted in and, and just said that, um, they've had problems with anxiety and reasoning will maybe help temporarily, but then the worry comes back. And so they've learned to replace that with the truths of scripture, Amen. which I don't want to assume anything, but the next couple of verses talks about putting our mind on those going. types of things. So hang on for next that's week. Where, that's this right is just, where we're going. Yeah, maybe yeah. coming next week. So th yeah. that, that's, that's a good word though. Um, and so... And then, yeah, a, a real similar type of thing, somebody that maybe has PTSD, uh, there's different triggers and different, different things that, that come in. And so I understand people have different levels of anxiety exactly. and stuff, but it says this, praying helps me a lot. And so it prayer is, is, is fantastic. And let me, um, let me just so. add to that, uh, because I've, I've seen this in my own life. Um, there are, I believe, people just as all of us maybe have a propensity towards a certain sin. I think there are people who struggle with anxiety and worry more than others. And it's not just that I'm worrying, but it, it's, it could be that thorn in the flesh that you deal with the rest of your life. Um, and, and I think it's appropriate to seek help sometimes in, in those moments. And so, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're struggling with depression, anxiety, I mean, at a deep level, don't struggle alone. Reach out. And, and that may even be above our pay grade to, to a licensed counselor, Christian counselor, who, who's trained to help you kind of work through those things. So I mean, I'm not trying to trivialize and say worries is easy thing to get rid of because right. the reality it's not. And, and so we just want you to know, to know that it is serious. Um, I do believe it's ultimately a sin, but some people will wrestle with that more than others. So seek that help if you think that's what you need to do. That's a good word. Good word. Yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. Um, so just, just a couple of housekeeping type things. Someone uh, has texted in and said, please say thank you to Rachel Stedham and other teen kid leaders yes. uh, for their Zoom meetings that you've been having on Wednesdays. I know that my kids have enjoyed those and, and uh, appreciate those and have uh, some interaction there with, with other kids. And so that's awesome. So thank you for that. And just thank you for so many who are helping to try to keep us and, and feel connected at, yes. at this time. Someone asked about uh, camp registration for the youth. 
And so that's the second person that's, that's contacted me, and so I'm going to look into that and, and see um, if that link is not working. And, and so I will, I will work on that. Um, and so I am curious, however, if anybody has tried to register and was successful, because so far I've only heard from people who have tried to register and been unsuccessful. So uh, if you don't mind, try that yeah. and just shoot me a text and, and let me know. Um, if, if anybody's had success with that, because uh, right now just Micah and I are registered, and so I just, you know, he'll be really bummed if I'm the only one going with him. So, um, all right, so that kind of sums up what, what I have today. Um, but, yeah, just a, an incredible promise here that um, God's peace will be with us, and Paul recognizes that yeah. we will struggle from time to time with worry and anxiety yeah. and that we don't, we don't have no answer to that. We, we yeah. do have an answer, and his name is Jesus, and Amen. we're to, to, to go to him. Amen. So, um, so someone asked an interesting question here. Is mental illness a sin since excessive worry leads to anxiety? And so... It just my take on it is real similar to what you were saying. For some, there is that that particular sin is a is a stronger has a stronger foothold yeah. in their life, and so they need to seek some extra help with that. Um, I, I think very similar to almost any type of sin that people struggle with it to a different degree. Mm-hmm. Um, mental illness is a is a very complex. Yeah. Uh, answer and and I'm not someone that that just says if you have a mental illness then we're just going to pray for you and anoint Correct. you and then be healed and, and walk away in the same way that if someone had a broken arm I wouldn't yes. just say yeah, I'm going to pray good. for your arm and then your arm is healed yeah. but you can seek some medical advice on that and so with, for mental illness for me I'm the same way. I think God has given us wonderful technology and advancements in science and medicine in order to help people. But even the medical professionals, those who are willing to admit it, would say that that those who have a strong sense of faith, they seem to recover more quickly uh, than those that that don't. At least I've I've read that in several several journals. I I would echo that. So as you were talking, I was thinking about the broken arm. If we have physical ailments... We go, we go see somebody for that. Um, same if you're struggling with mental illness. Um, that's not something that, that we take lightly. Um, and, and yes, pray more, fill your mind with the Word of God. And, but, but for you, it may be you need to go, as I said, to seek uh, some professional counseling there as well. So, Just, just a couple more things here, and I know we've got to wrap it up. Um, Someone texted in and says, Our anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strengths. Mm. That's a quote from Charles Spurgeon, who he himself uh, dealt with depression. Depression, yes. And then someone says, Why did God turn his back on Jesus on the cross? And then says, I know he can't look at sin, but uh, he still looks at us. And so that's 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 a great idea. One of the things is the full wrath of God needed to be poured out upon Jesus. And so, really, the, the full wrath of God is to then have God's presence away from us. 
It's a real short answer to that. But yeah, the full sin and the wrath of God had to be poured out on Christ. Um, And so for for that, for the completion of that, Mm -hmm. and so it is finished. Uh, So therefore, through the power of the resurrection, I am able to join with Christ in the resurrection and don't have to taste the wrath of God. I don't know if there's, there's probably more that can be fleshed yeah. out in that. But I would I would just add to that the reason that God can look at us is because He sees Christ in us. Yeah, that changes everything. So when God sees me, He doesn't see Aaron the sinner. He sees Christ. Our problem is we don't see Christ in us. We we see us as the sinner. We need to see Christ in us and His power in us more regularly than we do. So, great answer. Well, all right, uh, you want to. Close us out in prayer or any other final. Yeah, let me let me just say thank you all so much for all that you're doing, for your prayers. Uh, we get emails, cards. Um, you, you've just been a great encouragement to us. Uh, we know this isn't easy on anybody. Um, and maybe you're wondering, where do we go from here? And the answer at this point is we really don't know. So just continue to pray. Uh, pray for us, the leadership of the church, as we make decisions when it is safe to open back up. What does that look like? There's a lot of discussion about that among pastors and churches and a lot of people in leadership trying to help us figure that out um, continue to be flexible and um, and we're just gonna we're gonna try to be as safe as we can and just follow the Lord in that so uh, just be flexible and patient and and we understand we may not make decisions that everybody loves so uh, that's where you get to be gracious and gentle towards us uh, and and strive for unity in all things because what we want most of all is just to keep you all safe and obviously to honor the Lord in that. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Praise been a blessing to you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, it is good. It is good to praise your name. It is good to sing your praises. It is good to fix our hearts and our minds on you, to think upon that which is true. We're going to talk more about that next week. Lord, I pray that we would fix our minds and our eyes and our hearts on, on you this week. Not on the things that are around us, but on you. Everything else changes. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father, I thank you for those who have tuned in. I thank you for our Northside family. My God, what a blessing they are. Lord, I love hearing of, of Team Kid Gathering or the Awana videos that are sent out or our our groups gathering uh, virtually online to discuss your word, being able to participate in the youth, what they do, God, on Wednesday nights. What a a blessing that has been. And so thankful, God, that we can still do that. But, Lord, I also recognize that there are some in our church who are completely disconnected. They they don't have the means, uh, the Internet or or maybe a, a... computer to watch this and so lord all they're receiving is maybe a phone call or a card and so lord may we not neglect to continue to do those things as well and may we god continue just to reach out and show love to one another this week lord we do pray lord i pray for those in leadership i pray for our president vice president uh lord for Senate, the, the House of Representatives. Lord, I pray for the leadership here in Georgia, the, the local leadership here in Noonan and Coweta County. Lord, I do not envy them at all. They have difficult decisions to make as they weigh the health of individuals, as they, as they weigh the, 
um, God, the healthcare system and, and, and overrunning that, and yet as they also weigh the financial element of, of businesses and small businesses and individuals and, and needing to work. And, and Lord, we just pray for wisdom and leadership there. Lord, we, we pray for the leadership of churches. God, it is so true that churches, God, have been so slow to change at times. And yet with COVID-19, every church had no other choice but to make drastic changes right. immediately on the fly. And, and Lord, there, there may be some, some long-term changes that come out of this that, Lord, I pray will be for the good of the body of Christ, that will lead us to be more community-focused, more focused, Lord, on discipleship and, and those relationships. There will be a deeper preciousness to our gathering as we worship together. Lord, we may have to do ministry different. God, we, we don't know what the long-term impact will be on this. But Lord, we just pray for your presence, for your glory to continue to go forth. We pray for a great awakening. As Curtis and Ann saying, revive us, O Lord, we pray. We plead, O God, that you would revive us, that you would transform us. That we would be spending more time in your word, more time in prayer, more time listening to sermons than we ever have before. Mm. And Lord, that we would just sense that Jesus Christ, you are doing a powerful work in our lives. We love you. Yeah. We praise you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed week.